headed back in. Turned in! A second of the game for Van Veen, and he is loving it! Cornelius on the edge of the ball! Oh, How special is that for his first Motherwell goal? Slatnik and he shot away! It's a fantastic strike! And it's thundered in by Liam Grimshaw! What a moment for him! The fans' favourite! Hello and welcome to the MFC podcast. Tonight, myself and Pepe will look back on the extremely disappointing 1 0 defeat to Sligo Rovers. In the second round of the UEFA Conference League, we'll look ahead to Thursday's second leg in Ireland and we'll discuss the future of Graham Alexander, who is now under a great deal of pressure in his role. How are you doing, mate? I'm all good. Just um, this is probably the first day that I've even been able to, to think about the football in a kind of semi positive light and started to look forward to. Thursday, but I think your description there of it being extremely disappointing was it could be intense. That description could be intensified ten times over. Yeah, it was a shocking performance on a night where the fans turned up in big numbers. There was that kind of enthusiasm that you only get from these big European nights at Fir Park. It was there, there was excitement levels there definitely. Uh, I think we were all really looking forward to it. And from minute one, we just didn't get going. Uh, Sligo could have been ahead within the first 30 seconds. They did take the lead after a really poor error from Bevis Mugabe. In the second half, they've got a great shout for a penalty when Jake Carroll appears to handle on the, the goal line. There was also a, a really good chance for the boy Mata that they brought on from the bench as well. Really, we could actually have been looking at a, a real deficit to have to claw back. We're kind of fortunate that it is only one now. I, I think that we were unfortunate as well. There was a couple of times where on another day um, we could have scored, which would have changed the flow of the game. The first couple of minutes where um, Morris is, is through and the keeper makes a relatively easy save, but it could have went anywhere. Um, there's a couple of shots outside the box that all it needed was a wee kind of deflection it was in the one for, for Connor Shields and these are all kind of first half there was a header in the, the, the second half so if any of these had went in uh, it could have been a different game but we don't work off a ifs, buts and maybes that being said the chances that you have described for, for Sligo were, were far more they should have put at least one, one more away um, the goal that they, 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 they take I mean I don't know if this makes it even worse the fact that the boy who scored it was previously at Falkirk and he scored that kind of a, a low amount of goals and he comes into, the, into a full, kind of relatively full far park and that's the kind of calibre of player they're playing against but they just, they just showed you that we were up against it the, the positives that I'm, that, that I'm taken from the game not from the game itself, but with a similar result against Clinethley when we played the game at Airdrie, 
and we managed to give ourselves a shake and go to Wales and and, and score the, the goals that, that were required and pretty early on as well. So it's maybe just a typical way of doing it doing it the hard way. I'm just glad that on Wednesday night, um I was close to booking flights to, to Prague. Uh, just to take that gamble um, and I'm just relieved that I didn't for the as you look at it now I mean Prague doing nothing each way with Viking and and we are 1-0 down so the odds is going to Prague are firmly against us so so I'm glad that I saved myself a, a couple of quid or I'd have been a few days in Prague for, for no apparent reason <laughs> yes. yeah I would, I would certainly be leaving it till Till late on in Thursday night to make any sort of decision when it comes to that. The what about the, the kind of lack of you you did mention that we had a a number of, of half chances. Graham Alexander said in his post match that we created over 20 chances, which I don't really believe to be the case. I thought we at times lacked that wee bit of ingenuity to kind of cut open Sligo. They're gonna do the exact same on Thursday night they're going to sit in they've got a lead to defend and then they'll hope to hit us in the counter as they did to good effect at Far Park we, Kevin Van Veen made the start in 11 as we sort of alluded to that he would do we've heard so many lines been spun by Graham Alexander when it comes to players fitness he hadn't trained up until the Wednesday before the game, but he still made the, the start in 11. I thought that he looked off the pace, to be honest with you. Um, he lacked that that sharpness that he became quite renowned for last season. And and then the, the midfield as well, really, really static for me. Uh, the central three of Maguire, Slattery and, and Blair Spittle struggled to make a, a great impact in the game. It was just a, it was really, really flat. The, as you say, another day, maybe you take one or two of these half chances. We didn't really offer much in terms of creativity. Well, I'll just go back to what we discussed last week in relation to the importance of a player like Kevin Van Veen. If he isn't 100%, then there isn't really a plan B. Um, if you look at the, the, the rest of our forward line, I would say that they're all wide players. In saying that, I don't know if Shields would be better suited in playing. I've always said I would like Muller to play a 4-4-2 and I think we've now got a kind of adequate left-sided midfield, right-sided midfield. So that would be Morris playing in the left of midfield. Um, Spittle in the right with Maguire and and Slattery in the middle. I think the problem that we've got in the, the... the midfield when we're saying that they didn't offer much I've, I've not really got much faith in in Jake Carroll and then the forward three are, are they just didn't seem to connect so it was difficult for the for the, for the for the middle three I thought Maguire put loads, loads of running loads of energy again his final ball wasn't he great same as Slattery Spittler just didn't think looked the same kind of player that that he did against Patrick Thistle, but we're not going to judge him on that. I think that the the four three three is part of the problem. That all you need to do now is is look at Motherwell. There doesn't appear to be a plan B. So other teams know how to set up against this pretty 
they can they can set up the now and see this is what they're going to do. And I'm very personal that we've got that, that there's not going to be any change. Um and I know we're going to go go on to talk about the manager. And I think that I've been one of his biggest supporters. Um but that's quickly changing round and I'll, I'll get into the reasons of that um more so. But one thing, one positive that I did take for the game was that I thought that 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 Morris, Josh Morris looked not a complete player, but he looked as if he wanted to get involved. There was times where he was meant to be part of the the, the front three, and he was it was back in defence. He was midfield trying to pick up the ball, and although things didn't come off for him, he couldn't fault his effort. Um, now I know that you say I would go and give a hundred percent, but I definitely think he looked as if there's a bit of player in there. Um, and that's one of the, the few things that was positive. I thought McGinn looked pretty solid at, at right back without doing anything spectacular. But that offers another question. What is the situation with, with Stephen O'Donnell? Um, he's the club captain, uh, Scottish International, yet it just doesn't seem to be part of the picture. Um, I know that the club have not announced the captains and whatnot for next season. Um, but that's another another argument away from what happened on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, I really don't understand the O'Donnell situation at all. Uh, and that's kind of carries on from the party thistle friendly where he didn't feature at all either. It seems like Graham Alexander's made his mind up on him and he's not a player that he's going to be using on a regular basis. The the other kind of frustrating element for me was the amount of times you mentioned Morris having to come back into the to the midfield or even dropping into the defence at points. That was the kind of the pedestrian nature of our, our play. We were needing players to come back and, and try and make something happen because there was there was just a lack of a spark up top. The amount of times the ball goes back to Ricky Lamy and he's just putting the ball aimlessly. Uh, up towards Kevin Van Veen and it just it clearly wasn't working it was really really frustrating to watch I thought Jake Carroll towards the end was playing at half pace when you're looking for your, your full backs especially in the, the latter stages of a game when you're playing opposition that you would have anticipated would have tired but we didn't we didn't really pose them any problems late on kind of huffed and puffed we got our five minutes of, of injury time but I didn't really feel like we could have scored. It just didn't feel like it was coming at any point, and that obviously turned out to be the case. Is is a kind of cause for concern in terms of the centre back pairing as well? Bevis McGabby obviously makes a mistake for the first goal. I think if we had sat here this time last year and said we're going to have Bevis McGabby and Ricky Lamy as our two first choice centre backs, I'd be pretty. I'd have been pretty concerned and I don't know if I'm really that much more confident now going into this season obviously Lamy had a, an excellent end to last season and, and played a big role in, in securing a, a European place but neither of them filled me with a great deal of confidence it must be said Well I listened to uh, the manager, I think it was maybe I can't remember if it was pre or post Austria I think it was after Austria and he said that the goals conceded ratio wasn't good enough uh, 
last season, the mistakes that we've made, um, we've done a lot of work to rectify it. But for me, to 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 change a defence, you need to change a personnel. But you can't do that when you're given, I know Nathan McGinley's not um, featured so far this season, but he was one of the 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 biggest culprits of of errors, in my opinion. Um, was given a two-year contract. Um, Bevis, don't get me wrong, we were all happy when he signed a contract, but I've went through full 360. I think I'm at 180 now, again, right enough, because he, he, he does have a bomb skin on him, and he seems to do it right at the wrong moment. Um, we gave him a two-year contract, Ricky Lamy, who was, wasn't the most popular, but had a good end to the season, was given a two-year contract, and then you, you've got O'Donnell out of the picture, and we've signed McGinn. I don't think that that's not even mentioning so um Swandre Johansson and Oyala for me, I'd be surprised if he kicks another ball for Mother. Um I've I've been there's a few times where I've I've kind of close proximity to DL partner went by and and I've seen him uh kind of training on his own. Um Kind of just doing running around the pitch, and it looks as if he's he's towing a bin lorry with a caravan and a bus. It, it, it just looks unfit. So I think he, I don't know, maybe a miles off it, but I just don't think that that he'll feature, and I don't think that he, he'll ever be fit enough for this level and this intensity um, at the stage of his, his career. So so we're sitting there now with all these centre halves, and you're right. Uh, the, the parents would be Mugabe and Lamy, um, which then adds questions into Graham Alexander's recruitment. The question about being fully prepared has been raised quite a lot of times over the last couple of days. Two preseason friendlies, one against a team of a real inferior calibre in Austria, and then a game against Partick Thistle, the championship. Not many players having played more than a game and a half, essentially, as preparation for a European fixture. It certainly came back to, to bite us. I think it was evident that Sligo were considerably sharper than we were on Thursday night. Now, it might be the case that we're playing games behind the scenes and the closed-door friendlies, but there's certainly not been any kind of reports of that. How can you address that issue in a, a week? where it doesn't look like we'll have played any games in between. I think that you add in the recruitment to that as well. Um, if you look at what... When we start a season, the most important thing for Mother is we don't get relegated. I think everybody would be in agreement to that. Um, that's that's the first thing. The next thing is, is to finish as high up the league as we possibly can, but... When you're giving the caveat or the carrot dangled in front of you, Europe, I mean, you see what the difference in, in prize money is. Surely we should be in a position where we've got a, the squad as near complete as possible. Now, I understand they might be saying, right, we should get by Sligo, as I thought. So that would give us that wee bit extra budget, but we need to wait to find out um, what we're doing rather than, than, than having the players there at that particular time. In relation to the pre-season, um, they've obviously went 
went to Austria, uh, as you described them, an inferior team who still managed to score against us. Um, but listen, it's just it's easy to say I've never felt like this as a Mallow fan. I've 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 been watching Mallow for the best part of kind of thirty odd years, um, and there's been definitely been worse times than this. Morris Malpass. But I do see a lot of fans saying, no, this is the worst the team that I've watched at Fir Park. Um, and it's not just one or two that's saying that. And it's easy to say that at the current time because you can say that after the next poor spell whenever the, the, a new manager comes in. But there's definitely a real source of, kind of a, a negativity surrounding um the stadium, and I think once that starts, then other areas start to get questioned. Like, say, is the Welsh Society working? Is uh, it just puts a whole negative spin on it? And what's really poor, from my point of view, is that usually the first game of the season, everybody's kind of up for it and excited. See if you go, if you go and get put out of the Europa. It's, it's Honestly, I'll be absolutely. I can't go on Sunday because I've got a, we've, my wee team's got a, a tournament on Sunday. But um, the excitement levels are, are down on the ground um, if we don't do it on Thursday. Yeah, I, I, th- I think also there's a kind of element of it not feeling like we've had a pre-season, maybe because we've been used to these uh, League Cup group games. In past seasons, so you've normally had four games under your belt there. But it feels like the season's just kind of ended and now suddenly we're back. There hasn't been any kind of in-between. And that kind of still applies to the to the recruitment, to the lack of fixtures as well. It just doesn't feel like that was a team on, on Thursday night that are anywhere near ready for competitive action. And you add into the mix then the fact that Graham Alexander said it takes you up to half a dozen games to be anywhere near fully ready. So to only have played two is is unforgivable. I know that there's been situations with games being cancelled and and so on and so forth, but we we had to replace these games. There's There's no way that we should have been going in to a European fixture, which is worth a couple of hundred thousand pounds to the football club underprepared. And I, I really do believe that that has been the case. It's It's been a real bugbear of mine over the summer as well that we've brought in three new faces. Every one of them, I would say, is in a position that didn't need filled. We, we had much greater need in other positions, but we've not addressed those issues. It's, it's poor recruitment. And it's poor preparation, and it's really, really bitterness. You know, I see the whole thing with, with the recruitment, and I hate jumping back to this, but if you lose a player that scored nine goals in, from uh, the start of the season to Christmas, and you replace that player with Jordan Roberts, who, all right, scored two goals, um, what, do you, what do you expect to happen? Do you know what I mean? And then we're, we're now getting to the stage where we're days away from St Myrne, um, first game of the season, 
and we've still not replaced them. And if, if anything, we've lost the replacement and we've lost Woolery. I don't stand for Morris playing as part of that front three um, because he's, I know that he's done it before, but his preference is to play in, in, in midfield. So everything that you're saying, I can't. I actually sat tonight and thought, right, I can't go on and be completely negative because people that are listening don't want to be even more depressed with football than, than, than what we've got. But how do you put a positive light in this? I mean, even this is going to probably be one of the most negative things that I've said, but even even if we go and get through in, in, in um, Thursday night, there's still a big... There's the excitement of the next leg. But my concern is that Again, it's papering over the cracks, and we're we're in for a for another shitty season. Um, that's what my thought process was on Thursday. That the season hasn't even started yet, and I'm kind of a dreading it. Starting that shouldn't be somebody as dedicated as and as much love for Muller as what I do. Shouldn't be shouldn't be feeling like that. Um, if it wasn't for my wee boy, I don't think I would have been as positive. Even as looking forward to it as much because he keeps me going and he makes it he's the number one fan and whatever. And I just wish I had his enthusiasm, but I suppose that comes with age, doesn't it? It is tough over a course that you're looking, looking ahead here to 38 league games. Given what we've been served up since Boxing Day of last year, it is understandable that the, the supporters are, are losing patience. No, we don't expect to be Barcelona every week and take attack a football, but some semblance of quality would be nice. We've just not got that for so long. It's It's been dire. And the thing is, it's, it's a difficult one because it's so often as mentioned as well. Alexander's got some credit in the bank with a fifth place finish last season, but it's hard to argue that that, that was really merited in terms of, uh, and again, that's someone will, will jump on in that and say, well, you kind of play, you kind of flick it over 38 games of the season. I just never really felt that we were, we were anywhere near decent in the second half of the season. Uh, we're very fortunate that we got off to a good start. But that's, again, another factor that we need to consider here. We've got what I would say is a, a relatively decent start to the campaign where we've got games in there that I would be targeting to pick up three points from. Off to a bad start, though, and you're suddenly you're chasing your tail, you're trying to pick up that first win, get the monkey off your back. And the pictures are gradually, gradually more difficult. This credit that Vim Alexander's got in the bank, I think a European exit followed by a ropey start to the league, and there's no way back for him. I really can't see how he turns this around. And I'm beginning to kind of side with the the views of the previous owners that have parted company with Graham Alexander. I, I think that it... It's not all on results. It's just a general atmosphere and quality of performance that just lacks there. And it's going to turn people away from, from going. We've already got a, a small support. We can't be affording to to be losing these supporters in any 
shape or form. As we've talked about, we had 7,000 Motherwell fans inside Fir Park on Thursday night. How many of those that are coming along for, for the first time in a while are coming along to test the waters as to, to what they could expect from Graham Alexander's Motherwell team will return? Very few, I would imagine. And can he really say I blame them? No, you can't. Um, just going back to what you were talking about the previous owners, obviously, through Salford City, um, and Gary Neville has then come back and said, oh, it was a mistake sacking him. And I think that, that although I didn't pay too much attention to the football that's been played other than what I'd watched in the documentary, um, I kind of always have that at the back of my mind. And I think that's given me Oh, no, do you know what? We're doing all right. Just keep them, keep them, keep them. But now, see we all the, the, the wee factors that 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 add up about the poor recruitment. If you if we sat them through all these signings, I mean, if you look at, at the team on uh, last Thursday night, um, Kelly, all right, he signed them, but originally it wasn't him that, that brought Liam Kelly to the club. McGinn, yeah, I'll give him that. Lamy, and McGabby and Carroll, not his signing. Maguire um, are the ones that have performed better. The ones that, that, that he's signed, Effort, not good enough. Shields, not good enough. Um, Slattery, I think, is a decent player. Um, but can blow hot, hot and cold. Van Veen is the pick of the bunch. But I don't think there's a signing that Graham Alexander's made other than Van Veen that all the fans agree on. Um, I don't think there's been a, a, a own success. You take into that Oyala, you take into uh, Sondre Johansson. If you take away that he's a lovely guy, is he good enough? My opinion is he's not. That's why he was on the bench in, in Thursday night. So you've got to look at the, the, the recruitment. You've got to look at the, 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 the performances. Even when we were winning, when we done the review of the season, give us the, your, your favourite moment of the season. And it was Spain's, I think it was against Aberdeen in the Cup. It was the only performance that I remembered actually being excited at the football. And that's not right. Um, so all these things, I think that, that Graham Alexander is a nice guy. Um, but now I think that a change in direction is, is, is what's needed. Um, I think the majority of the feeling in the stadiums that we go to is, is negative. Um the performances just haven't been up to it. Um, the recruitment, we can see where things are going wrong. Substitutions, um, I don't always agree with you. I'm never always going to agree with substitutions as manager, with the manager. A wee tiny gripe that I have is that we never leave a man up the park for a corner, even when we're on, we need to get the ball up. The amount of times that the ball comes out for a corner and it's straight back in because we've got no, everybody is in the box. The, the, the non-plan B, the not willing to change for the 4-3-3 formation. And all these things added up. It only really comes to one conclusion. It'll not stop me going and supporting the team. Um, and I'm no one for shouting for the, at the manager to go. Um, but for me, it's starting to, to really grind in me now. And going to the football isn't as enjoyable. One thing that we spoke about during COVID and stuff was like um, the the effect 
you know, going to the football has your mental mental health. Now, I'm not saying that that, that because my little get beat, that people's <laughs> suffer mental health problems as a result of football. But I'll tell you what, it's certainly put me in a downer for a few days. Um, and that's not what you should be experiencing going to football. Yes, there's up and downs. But there just seems to be more downs than, than ups in the last year. So how do we address this? We've obviously got the, the second leg in three days' time. It's it's another massive game. It was one that we hoped that we'd go into with a comfortable lead. Instead, we're going to be chasing. It's it's going to be tough. Um, I noticed earlier on today that, that Sligo are now the favourites to go through uh, into round three, which is quite a turnaround from, from what was expected. Um, especially after seeing them against Bala, I thought they were they were second best that night. They're quite fortunate to get through. They then lost their, their next league game as well, but um, they certainly fared much better at Fir Park and, and thoroughly deserved their win. It must be said as well. There's not going to be much changes to the, the team. You would have to imagine. Uh, you're hoping that an extra week will really aid the likes of. Paul McGinn, uh, Kevin Van Veen, to be closer to, to sharpness than they were in the first leg. Other than that, though, I'm struggling to see kind of any anything dramatic that could be done that's going to wildly change your fortunes. I'd be shocked if it's not the same starting eleven. Um, I just think it'll be the same. The only the, 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 a couple of changes would be would they bring a Donald in for for experience, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Is there a fallout? Is there a fitness, a wee niggle that we don't know about? And that's another gripe of the manager that we never ever really seem to know. And again, are we entitled to know? Probably not. Um, but the kind of a dishonesty at press conferences just really pisses me off at times. Um, would they change Mugabe and put Saul in? Possibly. But I don't see anything else... Midfield definitely don't. I'd be shocked if if the midfield changed. Front three, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of see where the where, where it'll go. With it. I would even consider, uh, as I've said, four four two. But you'll not do it. Um, I've seen a few people saying a four three one uh, two with Tierney being in, in in that again. I don't really think Tierney. Is good enough to to start in a game with this magnitude. What I will say is that I still believe that we've got a good enough squad to go and beat a team that plays in in the league Ireland. Um, and it's whether or not the management or whether the players are up for it. And if they are up for it, they'll, they'll go through. But part of my, my my chain of thought about the manager is I feel as if we're only three, two, three games away from the next disaster and the next. About a negativity. Um, if we get through, but pumping fifth fists and giving the positive interview, um, and then I, I feel as if we're only kind of minutes away for the next disaster. Um, whether that be that you, you have another poor run in the league and we're, we're back to square one. In reality, are we going to see Alan Burrows and the board make any decisions after the game on Thursday? Um, if, if we're talking six and we don't get through I don't think they will um, 
What's your opinion? Uh, it's, it's, it's a really difficult one. I, I think that sacking the manager after a full pre-season. Now, I've I've obviously talked about the fact that we've only played these two friendlies and then the one competitive fixture so far. But the, that kind of change, while I think it's now necessary, don't know how big an impact that would have on the the players going into a new season. I don't think it does. It's, it, gives you, it gives a new manager the time to chip out and get some players in. You would hope so. Um, and the, the thing is that now the, now the situations are such that I genuinely think that the manager and the playing style will start putting people off going to games. And if it starts to hit the club in the pocket, then I don't think there's any other alternative but to to remove the manager of his from his duties and get a new face in. It's it's not an easy ask as well. You would hope that there would be those on the board just now kind of coming up with some sort of contingency plan to should it be the case. I don't think if we get knocked out on Thursday night that there's any way that the manager can can stay on. I, I think it it'll be right up there with with one of the worst results in in the club's history to go out. Uh, there's no getting away from that, and with the kind of financial hit as well, and given the forum in 2022 so far. I just think it would be untenable and I think he would need to go. Whether that does happen, though, I'm not so sure. Uh, it was only a couple of months ago that the manager was getting so many plaudits from those within the club for the achievement of finishing in fifth place. Yes, it, it was a, an impressive achievement. And yes, in the previous season, he kept us up when it looked like we were destined for a, a real relegation battle. But I, I think that goodwill is, is rapidly running out. And the, uh, we only got to 45 minutes of the season before the team were being booed off the park. It's just, the atmosphere around the place is just really, really poor. Um, it feels like the, every bit of positivity has just been drained out of the, the supporters. I, I, I can't see how we can continue. Uh but it's a massive, massive decision at the same time. The, the mad thing is, though, if in the, I don't really think this is going to be possible, but on the other side, of it, if we go out and put a good performance in against uh, Sligo and uh, Sparta, get a result against Viking, then I'll be 100% uh, booting up and looking forward to, to a... a a real European tour. Um, I gambled with, you know, going to Ireland. It wasn't as cheap as what I thought it was going to be. And I thought, well, maybe get a decent tie. And that, I mean, all this negativity, I suppose to an extent, will be brushed away because of the the the, the excitement. Um, it, it going to, I wouldn't call him a European giant, um, but a kind of significant team that that we're all well aware of. And 
the one that we, we would remember. Um, I've kind of spoke to you recently about, can remember the kind of similar excitement? Obviously, a big, far bigger team in Borussia Dortmund um, and the performance level over there, but just being able to, to go there and, 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 and watch your team playing to an extent. I know Levante, but it was still a La Liga team and it, it was great to to go and watch your team playing there. Um, and for for me, if it gets through on Thursday, it definitely papers over the cracks and maybe it can get it turned around if we get the recruitment right, which probably makes my point so much so that I would say this is the biggest game of his career as my little manager. Um, I think it gives him that wee bit of a, a leeway that if we did have a kind of a poor start, then with a decent run in Europe that, that we see players coming in, I think it would, I think he, he would get that wee bit of time. But on the other hand, I agree with what you're saying. If if, if the worst does happen, um, then I really just don't see it working out and. Will he walk? I don't. I think he's too stubborn to do that. I don't think that would be how he would want to be remembered as being the manager that could beat with a team for the League Island. But listen, um, um, I still think that, as I said, I think we will go through uh, by hook or by crook. It's only 1-0. Um, we've definitely got... I didn't see anything. I think we allowed them to get into the game. Um so I'm I'm positive um, that we'll, we'll we'll go through. Um, general will remain. I don't know where after because I, I can see unless we recruit much much better and get another two or three players in, um, we'll just need to see what, what that brings. Just on that, who is now in charge of the the recruitment at the club? Because you know, said Martin Foyle leaving. I assume that it's someone that worked with Graham Alexander at Salford, but I'm not aware of, of who who does a recruitment now. Yeah, I think um, it was a guy, Nick Dawes, that, that got the the role. But again, I don't know a great deal about him at all. And I think that's another good point that just came into my head, that... Removing the manager, where he seems now to, to be getting his own personnel in, with the likes of Keith Lasley and and Co, um, even Craig Kinchcliffe. Moving on, we've got his own head of recruitment. He's got uh, Andy Dibble, who obviously knows well. Um, he's, he's got his own staff, so that comes at a cost as well. So that will probably come into the, into the thinking of the the board when it comes to making decisions in relation to whether he's removed for face post or not yeah it'll certainly be interesting to see how it pans out we'll quickly touch on the, the league opener against St Mern. it's obviously a lot depends on, on how Thursday goes to how we'll then go into that one the obvious talking point though mate is the fact that they've got half a dozen ex-model players on their books and I'm sure every one of them will be, be looking to make a point um Come game time on Sunday? I certainly had a wee bit of kind of bite to the game. Um, although I think the majority of the players left in good terms, with the exception of, kind of Richard Tate, um, who was always popular when he was here, but he seems to have 
majority of the fans have got their own opinions of him now. The likes of Mark O'Hara and that, for me, never really... Uh, I thought he was a decent enough player, but it was neither up nor down that, that, he, that he had left. I think the big thing is, obviously, that it'll be the first time that it's ironic that Keith Lasley's first competitive league games against Motherwell. Um, and as we've all said, we wish, wish him all the best. But when it comes to Sunday, um, we hope that, that he has a, a right shite day. Um, but I, I, the one thing that I'm surprised about is that, that Grimshaw and Donnelly's now also turned up at, at St Milnestor. And it's only really been O'Hara for the list that, that, that we released for the kind of Robinson era. Um, it was also sad to, to hear that, that Trevor Carson appears to have... Um, a reoccurrence of the blood clot. Um, he was always a popular figure at, at, at Fir Park, but um, seems to have, have had another bout of uh, bad luck. Um, as I said, none of the players that, that left, I would say really left in bad terms. We've got Charles Dunn, Mark O'Hara, Richard Tate, Curtis Main, I suppose a wee bit, but um, I'm probably missing a couple. Coupled up with obviously Steve Robinson and and um, and Keith Lasley, uh, but they've not had a great start to the season um, either. So when they put that in context, if you look at teams like St Mirren, St Johnston, Hibs, um, who have come on, have really had a great start for me. But what I've seen, um, they they're in this kind of similar boat to us. Um, it's just that that it's obviously the League Cup and we are kind of a representing our country where we're making ask ourselves. <laughs> yeah, very true. I, I suppose that uh, takes me on nicely to what is the last real talking point um, for tonight. The Premier Sports Cup draw was made yesterday, a home tie against Inverness that will be played uh, a midweek night. I think it's Wednesday the 30th of August or Wednesday the 29th, one of the two. Um a home draw is exactly what you're after. We've avoided any of the bigger names, albeit we were a seed in the draw. So I think there's only a few Premier League teams we could have come up against. Got to be relatively happy with a home tie against a championship side, mate. But at the same time, we've kind of caught a cropper to Inverness in a couple of times when it comes to the cup competitions. No, we have, but uh, you hit the nail on the head. I would have taken any of the unseeded teams at home. The important thing for me was we came out of the heart as a home team, um, and that's that's what happened. Uh, it didn't really bother me who we got thereafter, um, because I felt as if, even though my confidence levels are down, I still think that by the time that comes round, it will be... Maybe not firing on all cylinders, but we should have enough in our arsenal to, to get through that game. And who knows what the next round would bring. There's a couple of ties that uh, teams that you would, if you got them at, at, at Fir Park, then you would be, you're, you're, you're getting a nice wee cup run on, on the go. Um, and that's me trying to put a positive spin toward the end of it. Um, but the Inverness, we don't really know a great deal about them. Um Obviously, they were in the playoffs. They, their kind of standout player was the ex Mallow player, um, for Norwich. Uh, it was on loan. He's he's no longer there. So 
he'd feel expected to go and win, and I was happy with the draw. I know a lot of people maybe wanted a wee, a wee, would have preferred it, you know, a wee trip up to Inverness or, or a wee trip to Annan or something like that. But as I said, a home tie for me is um, what we were looking for, and, and we got it. I think that's pretty much all we've got for tonight. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks very much, and I hope uh, after our next uh, discussion, we are all eating humble pie and saying how good a manager Graham Alexander is, and we were all wrong. Um, will that happen? Who knows? It's certainly not going to... My opinion's not going to change in the next week. There's a few more things that need to be done before that happens, but uh, no, it's, it's certainly the, the positivity train will be back on if we can, we can get a result. And Thursday that takes us through, and then before you know it, you're checking down in the Czech Republic, mate, and life is good again. But it's, I think it's, uh, it's a difficult one after a, a defeat on that scale, as you say. It's one that kind of sat with me for for two or three days after it as well. It, it just, it was a kick where it hurts, but we we have to kind of dust ourselves down and. And hopefully um, come back from Ireland with a positive result that, that sees us through. I just one final thing. I mean, that's another reason why I was gutted that we were uh, we, we looked as if we weren't going to Prague. Is it kind of I priced it and the easiest way for me to get there? Turned out that it was Monday to Friday and an overnight in Amsterdam, um, which my wife had agreed to. So looks as if uh, the goodwill um, is. She must have knew that, that there was no chance of us getting through. That's why she agreed to a Monday to Friday for, for a game on a Wednesday night. <laughs> well, let's see. We're not out yet. Uh, fingers crossed. The team can go over and do the business Thursday night. And then we'll come back a lot happier uh, before then going on to Paisley and hopefully not making an arse out there. But thanks very much again, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks. You've been listening to the MFC podcast. We'll be back in a week's time. Until then, thank you. Goodbye. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, friends and Romans, countrymen. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, punks and skins and journeymen. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, my sisters and my brethren. The time is coming near. Rock and roll
rock and roll.